Coming up, what to do with Jake McCarthy in 2023 and entering the final month of the season. Who's hot? Who's not? Diamondbacks edition all on today's podcast. You are locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there to see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked on Dimebacks about Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. And today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you so you never have to go to a dealership again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to Vroom.com and check out thousands of great cars online. Now, on today's podcast, I want to start this pod by talking a little Jake McCarthy because basically I just want to run through with you guys his baseball reference and some of the numbers that Jake McCarthy has put up this year because... Jake McCarthy just – I think he's maybe become the most underrated player in baseball, maybe the least discussed about player in baseball. Of course, if you're a D-backs fan, you're having discussions about Jake McCarthy. But outside of D-backs nation, I don't think many players realize who Jake McCarthy is. Like Jake McCarthy was the first-round 39th overall pick back in 2018 out of the University of Virginia, and he's just been kind of forgotten about in the D-backs organization. It wasn't really like a, a top-heralded prospect or anything like that, but he's been called up this season, and he just produced at every opportunity he's gotten, and it's got me thinking, like, should this guy maybe be a starter for next season? Like, all year we basically penciled in Dalton Varsho, Alec Thomas, and Corbin Carroll are going to be the trifecta, the big three in the D-backs outfield in 2023. But maybe we have to slow down the role a little bit because the way Jake McCarthy's playing, he might steal the job of one of those three players because I just want to literally just sit down and go through some of the numbers on his baseball reference because they're absolutely insane for Jake McCarthy. Like, one thing we know about Toy Lovello is he loves his splits, right? He will literally sit a guy who's had back-to-back grand slams and back-to-back games just because he's a righty batter with a righty pitch on the mound. Like, Toy Lovello will totally do that. But with Jake McCarthy, Lovello doesn't have to do that. And it's probably a big reason why he loves Jake McCarthy so much because against right-handed pitching, right? Jake McCarthy, a left-hander, should crush right-handed pitching. And he performs admirably very well against right-handed pitchers a 290 average 805 ops a 357 batting average of balls in play jake mccarthy does what he needs to do against right-handed pitchers but how about against against lefties jake mccarthy still 283 average 771 ops 350 batting average of balls in play like the numbers for jake mccarthy versus a right versus a right-handed pitcher or a left-handed pitcher are nearly identical one of the weird splits that goes on with Jake McCarthy when looking at his numbers is his home away splits. A lot of D-backs players 
typically like to perform better at home as opposed to the road, usually the pitchers. But Jake McCarthy, because the D-backs bullpen, not bullpen, because the D-backs stadium is so big. Chase Field was one of the bigger stadiums in baseball, more of a pitcher's ballpark. Jake McCarthy at home kind of struggles. A 640 OPS, a 211 batting average on the road. 350 average, 929 OPS. So I wonder if that plays into the psyche of Tori Lavello when he's trying to you know, decide who he's putting out there in his lineups. I wonder if he looks at whether the team is at home or on the road because for Jake McCarthy, he definitely performs better on the road. But if you just look at his numbers since the first half of the season, like in the first half of the season, Jake McCarthy put up solid numbers, but it was nothing that I was writing home about. Nothing that really made my eye pop. Like Jake McCarthy in the first half of the season, I was like, all right, he's the fourth, fifth outfielder, like him and Jordan Luplo and Cooper Hummel. Like I was like, I don't really care which of those guys come in off the bench, which of those guys, you know, is the platoon player when we're sitting, you know, one of our everyday outfielders, because to me, McCarthy, Luplo, Luplo and Hummel were pretty much all the same tier player to start the season. But a second half of the year, like that would be disrespectful to Jake McCarthy to put him on the same tier as the Luplo and Cooper Hummel, because Luplo now in the minor leagues got optioned because of Corbin Carroll. And then Hummel basically has turned into a backup catcher because our outfield has become so stacked because Jake McCarthy is one of those guys that have pushed Luplo and Hummel basically just out the lineup, off the roster, because McCarthy in the first half, 242 average, 725 OPS, 333 batting average and balls in play. Solid first half, but nothing to write home about, like I said. But in the second half of the season for Jake McCarthy, 325 average, 851 OPS. He's also got 10 stolen bases. This man is one of the quickest players in baseball, actually in terms of sprint speed. Jake McCarthy, 98th percentile. So he's one of the fastest players in baseball. He's quick. Second half, been hitting for maybe not over the fence power, but definitely gap power with the stolen bases he's doing. He's been really fantastic. And Jake McCarthy is also someone that just straight up clutch. Like when you look at some of his clutch numbers, I mean, whether it's one out, Zero outs, two outs, his, his numbers are pretty much the same. They're actually getting better the, the less outs are on the board because with no outs, 275 average, 754 OPS. One out, 288 average, 801 OPS. And then with two outs, 299 average, 819 OPS. He literally gets better the more outs uh, are on the board. We're runners in scoring position. Jake McCarthy, 373 average, 941 OPS. Two outs and runners in scoring position. He's batting 478 with 1129 OPS. In high leverage moments, Jake McCarthy, 364 average, 799 OPS. Like there's literally not a metric when in terms in terms of clutchness, in terms of high leverage moments. Jake McCarthy comes through in the biggest moments of ball game. High leverage moments, two outs, runners in scoring position, two outs and runners in scoring position. It does not matter for Jake McCarthy and whether you're throwing a fastball or breaking ball, it does not really matter to him either because the fastball is the worst pitch that McCarthy tries to hit this season. 239 average on fastballs, 363 slugging. But breaking balls and off-speed pitches, he's absolutely crushed. 324 average on breaking balls, 407 average on off-speed pitches. So Jake McCarthy is not someone that you can just fool. And it's got me thinking, like, how do we get this guy into the lineup more next season? And... I just got – I think it's going to be tough to figure out if you're Toy Lavelle in the front office how to fit him more into the lineup because he could be the fourth outfielder DH next season. But I think we're all kind of going to next season as, you know, penciled in, like I said, Thomas, Varsho, and Corbin Carroll as the starting outfield with maybe Stone Garrett and Jake McCarthy coming off the bench. But the way Jake McCarthy has performed this season, maybe he should come into camp 
And maybe you should battle for a starting spot next season. And the guy he's probably going to have to battle is Alec Thomas because the way Alec Thomas has performed offensively this season, yeah, Alec Thomas might be the best defensive outfielder the D-backs have on their roster right now, but he's probably he probably also has the lowest offensive ceiling, especially after seeing what Jake McCarthy has done this year. So I actually wouldn't mind if it's an open competition between Thomas and McCarthy going into camp next season. And whoever wins, like there's still ways to fit those guys into the ball game. Like when there's a righty on the mound, you could play Varsho maybe more as the catcher, sit down Carson Kelly, and now you have Thomas, Corbin Carroll, and Jake McCarthy as your outfielders with Dalton Varsho as your catcher. You can still do that and have someone as your DH, or you can even just play Jake McCarthy as your DH when there's a righty on the mound. Like the DH spot, I think I want to be mostly utilized for either Jake McCarthy or Stone Garrett, depending on the matchup and stuff like that. Because to be honest, I think I just want Josh Rojas as my full-time shortstop next season. It might not be the best defensive shortstop in baseball, but I think he could definitely be average at it. And the way he swung the bat this season just leaps and bounds better than Geraldo Perdomo. And you just have Emmanuel Rivera being your everyday third baseman. Like, I think that would be nasty. And they just got to figure out who's going to be the DH that day, either Jake McCarthy or Stone Garrett. And if Jake McCarthy beats out Alec Thomas for that everyday starting position, then maybe it's Alec Thomas or Stone Garrett as your DH. But if you're going to go with Alec Thomas as your DH, then you're probably just going to put him in the outfield. So it'll still probably come down to Stone Garrett or Jake McCarthy as your DH, even though Jake McCarthy actually might be the guy getting more plate appearances than Alec Thomas next season. So I think we should see an open competition between Jake McCarthy and whoever outfield you want to throw out there next season because the way Jake McCarthy has performed in the second half this year, I definitely think he deserves an opportunity going into camp, going into spring training next season for a starting rotation spot, a starting line spot because he's been that good this season. He's blown away my expectations. And right now, I think Jake McCarthy has earned the opportunity to maybe be a starter in 2023. Now, I want to talk about who's hot and who's not entering September. We won't talk about Jake McCarthy. Of course, he's hot in the month of August. But we're going to get into some other players who have been hot in the month of August and players who have not been so hot in the month of August. But first, I have this very important message. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. So, stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. Let's discuss who's hot and who's not entering the month of September. And I first want to start with who's hot because the first man on my list, I'm going to give you two, excuse me, position players and two pitchers for each category. And the first who's hot I want to throw out there is Christian Walker because in the month of August, and let me remind you guys that these numbers are for D-backs players entering the final game of the month of August against the Phillies. So this is heading into the last game against the Phillies. These are their numbers. Not after the Phillies game because I'm recording this before the Phillies game on Wednesday. So the numbers will be a little bit skewed after that 
finale against the Phillies, but still the point will mostly stand where all these players, like one game is not going to change their whole month. So let's jump right into it. And like I said, the first player I want to discuss is Christian Walker because Christian Walker in the month of August is batting 340 with 1034 OPS, seven home runs and 21 RBIs, 11 walks to 17 strikeouts. And Christian Walker, I think in the month of August and just the second half as a whole, he started striking out less and it feels like he's not trying to go for the home run ball anymore. Felt like in the first half, he was kind of searching a little bit, especially when there's no one on the bases and the D-backs might be down in the ball game or it's a zero zero game. I felt like those were the opportunities where Christian Walker was like, you know what? I'm just going to take this chance to just swing for the fences and maybe I strike out, but maybe I connect and we give ourselves the lead. Right. But I think in the second half, Christian Walker has taken a more, patient approach waits for his pitches a little bit more and i think it's led to the same amount of home runs while also adding in just more overall base hits more doubles just a little bit more confidence when he strolls up with runners in scoring position because the big knock against christian walker in the first half of the season he was not very good with runners in scoring position like that was kind of the rub against him like this guy has a near 800 ops he's one of the league leaders in home runs but He's not a very good RBI producer. I think in the second half of the season, he's done a way better job of doing that, done a way better job of moving guys on the bases over, bringing guys home, and doing it without the use of the home run ball. He's doing it with doubles. He's doing it with singles. He's even doing it by drawing walks. So Christian Walker, I've been very impressed with what you've done in the month of August. You're one of the best bargains in all baseball at first base. I think he's going to win the gold glove. The game on Monday against the Philadelphia Phillies, I actually bet my friend that Christian Walker was going to win the gold glove because he didn't believe it. And then guess what? Right after he made that bet, I said, let's go on fan graphs and let's look at the defensive metrics for all first basemen in Major League Baseball because I looked at UZR. I looked at the stat called defense. I looked at like two other stats. And guess what? Literally number one for every defensive metric among first basemen in all of baseball, Christian Walker was number one. So he's been hot in the month of August. He's had a very good season, very good campaign. I like what he's doing entering the month of September. The other guy I want to give a little shine to is Stone Garrett, of course, very small sample size for Stone Garrett, but in the month of August, he leads all D-backs players in OPS with 1174 OPS. He's got 391 average because he's got nine hits in his first 23 at-bats, and you could just tell Stone Garrett was going to be a dude that just mashes the ball when he got called up because, of course, he's one of the league lead, one of the league leaders in minor league home runs. I think he had 28 home runs before getting called up to the D-backs, but just the way he holds the bat and swings the bat the bat looks like a toothpick in his hands. Like he kind of has that Barry Bonds feel, one of those big sluggers where you just tell that bat in his hands like it doesn't look real. It looks like he's going to crush the ball every time he swings it. And <laughs> most of the time, Stone Garrett does crush the ball when he makes contact. Already has three doubles and two home runs. Like Stone Garrett hasn't yet drawn a walk, six strikeouts, so we'd like to see him get on base via walk. But I've been very impressed with Stone Garrett at the plate. He's made a couple mistakes defensively, but overall at the plate, he's looked good. He hasn't been a detriment at all to the Z-backs team. Yeah, does he strike out a little bit, but he's come through. It renders the scoring position. I love it. Every time he swings, anytime he connects, like every double he's had this year, looks like it could have been a home run in like 20 other ballparks. So I like Stone Garrett, and he's had a pretty good month of August, considering it's also his debut month. And then a couple pitchers I want to hit real quick. Of course, Zach Gallen, 34 and a third straight innings, scoreless innings for Zach Gallen. He's been completely locked in the month of August. I mean, still overall, Zach Gallen in the month of August, where are his stats? 
in six starts, 0.68 year rate, 40 innings pitch in the month of August, only three earned runs, absolutely insane, 44 strikeouts to 10 walks, a 0.75 whip and only averaging, only allowing a 154 average. Like Zach Allen has been completely locked in. Feels like he's going six to seven innings every start, most likely seven innings with like seven strikeouts. I think that's been the biggest Thing that I've seen Zach Allen progress in, in the second half of the season is that strikeout department because Zach Allen is kind of like not an elite strikeout machine. And I think his first couple of years with the D-backs were a little bit better this season. The first half of this season, I don't think he was great at it. But the second half of the season, I think he's been, I think he's been a little bit better at striking out people. He's really just picking his spots a lot better. And the way he's sequencing in his pitches, like Zach Allen is throwing all his pitches right now to get those strikeouts like fastball cutter change up slider curveball like it does not matter with Zach Allen the opposing batters are getting fooled right now and the work that he's done with Brent Strom has been absolutely phenomenal this season I think another season with Brent Strom like we've seen what Brent Strom has been able to do with other starting pitchers the Dallas Keikos Justin Verlanders, the Gear Coles. He turned those the he turned those three pitchers into Cy Young Award winners. And I think he could do that with Zach Allen as well next season. So another season with Zach Allen and Brent Strom, I think could be beautiful magic because what I've seen in the month of August from Gallon, absolutely fantastic. And it's actually historical what he's doing right now because I think Zach Allen's getting pretty close to the all-time D-backs record with Brandon Webb for longest scoreless streak. So Gallon just doing phenomenal record-breaking stuff right now. And then the final guy I want to give a little bit of shine to before we wrap up segment number two is Luis Frias because Frias hasn't pitched a ton since being called up, but 4.2 innings pitch, no earned runs, five strikeouts, one walk. Like the two big things, or I should say the three big things I just mentioned from that stat line by Luis Frias is the ERA, the walks, and the strikeouts because Luis Frias, every time he gets called up, amazing stuff, right? That's the one thing about Luis Frias that we always talk about. Wicked fastball, wicked curveball. Like Luis Frias' stuff and skills and tool set is nasty. He's got one of the best skill sets among pitchers, probably in the D-back system. But the issue is he does not know how to command it or control it because every time he gets called up, doesn't matter for four runs, eight runs. It feels like Luis Frias has a chance of blowing the game, but that has not been the case since being called up this most recent time because he's not allowing runs to score. He's doing a great job at run prevention, whether that's being holding the lead. He even has a win since being called up. And also, he's also not walking, guys. He hasn't been erratic on the mound because there's a bunch of starts where he's... The pitches look nasty, but they ain't hitting the strike zone. But that has not been the case in August because they are hitting the strike zone. He is getting a few strikeouts. He's not racking up the strikeouts. But Luis Frias is just out there, and he's doing his job, and he still has the kind of stuff that makes people think that maybe maybe Luis Frias could be the closer of the future for the D-backs. I don't know if I believe that, but he definitely has the skills and tool set to do it. And the way he's pitched in August – I want to see what we could do in September because I want to make sure it's not fool's gold before I get too hyped up on the potential of Luis Frias for the rest of this season and next season. So Luis Frias, do it again for me in September, and then we could talk about expanding your role in 2023. Now. Let's get into that 
20, uh, or excuse me, not 2023. Let's get into the who's not edition now of players from the month of August entering the month of September. And the first player I want to talk about, and it pains me to say, Ketel Marte, because Marte is just having one of the weirdest seasons I've ever seen from the guy. Because if you just look at Marte's the last four years in D-back uniform, like we know about 2019. That's when he broke out, came on the scene, fourth in MVP voting, right? 329 average, 981 OPS, 90 RBIs, 30 home runs. Looked absolutely fantastic. Then you had 2020, 2020 shortened season, COVID year. Marte doesn't have a great year. You're like, all right, let's just throw it away. Doesn't count. COVID season, short season, weird for everyone. All the D-backs players kind of struggled. Let's just throw it away. Comes back in 2021. Statistically, fantastic season but if you just look at the games played only 90 because he missed so many games with injury that season so you're like all right statistically he had a great season when he played but it wasn't a lot of games so we can only say so much about a sample size when you only play 90 games in a 162 game season so if Marte plays the next season a full year then he's definitely going to be in the conversations for MVPs and all-stars and now you fast forward to 2022 and you're like that just isn't the case Ketel Marte has uh, has had a really weird season, only banged 250 with 748 OPS. And after the first half of the year, Ketel Marte, if you remember that first month of the year, Ketel Marte was like 180 average with like a 650 OPS through the first month. Terrible. But the next three months, Ketel Marte was fantastic. Literally by the all-star break, Ketel Marte's numbers were up to 270 with 812 OPS. And you're looking at the second half as a huge Opportunity for Ketel Marte to get his numbers back to where they were in 2021 and 2019. But that has not been the case because you look at the month of August for Ketel Marte and he has struggled mightily. Ketel Marte in the month of August, 192 average, 478 OPS and four walks to 18 strikeouts. I don't know exactly what's going on with him, but he just does not seem like the same Ketel Marte since the All-Star break. And it's kind of weird because you have all these other players around Ketel Marte helping him out, actually producing and getting hits and scoring runs. And it's like, I'm looking at all these big D-backs offensive explosions over the last couple of weeks. I'm like, Ketel Marte is like the only player not joining in on these parties, which is weird because he's the D-back still best player overall. So Ketel Marte, I still believe in him. He's still on one of the best contracts in baseball, but I hope he can turn it around in September so we can have a little bit of a feel-good story going into the offseason. Next player I want to talk about who we touched on earlier is Alec Thomas because Alec Thomas had a pretty good debut month. He was around like 270 average, around a 770 OPS, like a solid first month of the season where like, all right, if he builds upon this season, then Alec Thomas is going to be right in the running for rookie of the year. And he's had a lot of highlights since that first month of the year specifically defensively i mean how many times have we seen him rob a home run or die for a ball in the alley like countless times like i am so excited for the end of the season defensive highlight reel from alec thomas because it's going to be insane it's going to be like a 12 minute youtube video it's going to be crazy to watch but offensively alec thomas hasn't been great since that first month of the season and it's one of the reasons why i broached the topic of could he lose his starting spot to jake mccarthy next year because alec thomas in the month of august 258 average, 621 OPS, four walks to 16 strikeouts, and he just hasn't been able to do it consistently at the plate in the month of August. And really the last, what, three months since the All-Star break, or excuse me, since the first month of the season, Alec Thomas's bat just hasn't been as good. And I think part of it is Alec Thomas. I also think part of it is Tori Lovello just herky and jerking him up and down the lineup. You're batting second one day, you're batting seventh another day. So for Alec Thomas, I want to see him get his confidence with his bat at the plate because 
Look, I don't think his offensive ceiling is as high as maybe a Corbin Carroll or Dalton Marshall, but do I think it'd still be a 290, 15 home run, 20 stolen base kind of a guy, 15 stolen base kind of a guy, and just be a really good everyday major leaguer? Maybe not an all-star, but above average major leaguer. I definitely think he can do that, but it has to start with his bat because we know about his glove, but his bat is not on the same level yet. So once that bat starts to reach where his glove is, Alec Thomas is going to be a nasty two-way player for the D-backs. And then a couple of pitchers I want to talk about. Of course, the most obvious struggling pitcher in the month of August, Madison Bumgarner. I don't think there's been a pitcher worse than Madison Bumgarner in the month of August because for the D-backs, Matt Bum. 923 OPS is given up 27 earned runs and only 26.1 innings pitched in the month of August over five starts a 194 whip 21 strikeouts to seven walks the month of August has not been kind for massive Bumgarner it feels like every start he's given up four to seven earned runs I still can't believe the D-backs won that game on Monday against the Philadelphia Phillies where the D or massive Bumgarner just spied the Phillies a seven nothing lead like what to do with Massive Bumgarner is such a big question for the D-backs because I have no idea what to do with Massive Bumgarner. He's owed a lot of money for the next couple of years, and there's just no hope for him to like <laughs> perform better. Like I don't know what else to say, but it's like he hasn't been good the first two or three years with the D-backs. And then this season, we get him with Brent Strom, the guy who could turn a pumpkin into whatever the Cinderella analogy is. And he's not been able to do that, Massive Bumgarner. He did it for a little bit. He did convert Massive Bumgarner from a pumpkin into, I don't know, let's call it a pineapple. I can't remember the analogy from Cinderella. But Massive Bumgarner, that first month of the season, like the eye test, we were like, yeah, he's a little shaky, but not as bad as what we saw those first couple of years with the D-backs. Like, yeah, he's not performing like the guy who's getting paid 20 plus million dollars but at least he's performing like a guy who deserved to be in a rotation because he did not look like that the first couple years in a d-backs uniform so i was like all right brent strom at least has him looking like a mid-rotation to back-end starter for this d-back team like yeah i know he's getting paid 23 million a year but at this point of his career and his career with the d-backs like we'll take that and maybe the first couple of months were just fool's gold for madison bumgarner because he has not been good since then and quite literally the month of August, he's been one of the worst pitchers in baseball. So I don't know what to say about him. I don't have any hope that he can turn it around. And the best case scenario right now for Massive Bumgarner is he performs a little bit better maybe at the end of the season. Maybe we convert him to a reliever. He has some success there. And then we can move him in the offseason because there's nothing positive about Madison Bumgarner in a D-backs uniform. And then the last guy I want to talk about who's not hot after the month of August is a guy who's not even on the team anymore, Chris Davinsky. I'm glad the D-backs finally got rid of him because of the month of August, 9.2 innings pitch, 9 earned runs. I don't know why the D-backs kept throwing him out there. I know the D-backs should not have a lot of bullpen options, but they should have never let him come back off the restricted list because there's never going to be a point where Chris Davinsky performed well for the D-backs. did not perform well before his hiatus. He did not perform well after, and the man has not been good since about 26, 2017, and that's been a big issue with a lot of these D-backs relievers because we signed them. I kind of convinced myself that maybe they could – recapture the old glory that they had because i'm like hey they might be only a season or two removed from being pretty good but that's the issue with all these d-backs relievers they're always coming off multiple seasons where they haven't been good instead of like okay they had one down year or it's like okay maybe they just were in a bad situation last year but no every time we acquire one of these relievers it's like man that guy hasn't been good in like four years can we turn them around and the answer is usually no and chris davinsky was just another guy who used to be great back in the day when he was with the Houston Astros, and it is not, and he's just now 
cooked and he looked cooked for the D-backs. I'm glad the D-backs DFA'd him because he was not a positive force for this D-backs team. So sadly, Chris Davinsky, you're off the team because you were not hot in the month of August. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insights. Should talk a whole lot of prospects with Lindsey Crosby of Locked on MLB Farm. So go check out that podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as, excuse me, and as always, that was a rough ending. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, deuces.